Welcome back to Face Therapy today. I'm your host, Stephen Young. Now, computational tools using bioinformatics, machine learning, and et cetera, have been crucial contributing factors to biotech in the past decade. But how it has been influencing the development of face therapy is still a myth that we're here to explore. After getting his PhD from AgroCampus OIST, Dr. Anton Kulo is now the president and founder at Ryan Bioinformatics with the bioinformatics service, specifically to understand phage genome. And leading with that, Antoine, welcome to the show, and it's good to see you again. Hi, Steven. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me uh, in, in your podcast. I'm quite excited to, uh, to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here. So now, you know, before we get right to where you're good at, uh, I would really like you to tell us a little bit more about your work before at Ryan Bioinformatics, uh, how you get involved with phage, your passion in phage, where does your motivation to find your company come from? Okay, so um, so I did my studies, as you said, uh, in AgroCampus West in, in France. Um, and we, we have a microbiology lab, which is led by uh, Professor Michel Gauthier. Who, uh, who works on, uh, on phages. So he is the one who brought me to the phage uh, world um, during internships. And then he, uh, he told me about a thesis I could, a PhD thesis I could, I could do. And I was really interested into the phages because they are quite um, an original subject. It's less common that subjects on, on bacteria. And in my opinion, they are a super cool biological object. Uh, overall, and it's just by curiosity that I was, um, how do you say, uh, implied in, in phage uh, at the beginning. And, and so during my thesis, uh, I had to uh, to build a collection uh, of phages and to, to sequence them, to study them. And at some point, uh, part of the, the collection was um, analyzed, um, the DNA, that, sorry, the DNA of parts of the collection was analyzed by some service providers and I analyzed the rest. And I was quite disappointed by what was uh, the results that were given to me by the service providers. Um, and I realized that I wasn't the only one. So I wanted to, to make something about it. And I launched the company with one of my friends, Guillaume, Guillaume Bria. Um, in order to become the service providers we would have liked to have um, when we were students, basically. Uh, so the phages you were, you were analyzing, so you might ask which year was this? Was this very recent or was it about five years uh, ago? It was one and a half years ago. So my, my PhD uh, thesis, I started it in 2017, I think, and stopped it in 2020. Yeah. Right. So, so the situation is very recent, and the phage genome uh, you are analyzing was it mostly for agriculture applications, or were they for uh, clinical applications? What would you say? It really could vary, and it really depends on what situation you're looking at. Yeah, there were. It's it's a good question. They were um, for uh, aquaculture, so more like an, an agriculture uh, setting. It was uh, vibrio phages, so uh, phages that target bacteria of the uh, genus vibrio. Um, and specifically for shrimp ponds, um, because aquaculture is a very nice um, subject if you want to, to start a phage therapy project, um, and especially the shrimps, because they have this problem with the, the pathogens. Um, as 
everywhere in, in agriculture, you need to, to remove the amount of antibiotics you use. Um, when you use them in um, shrimp farms, the antibiotics, they can contaminate the sea. So the impact they can have on the environment is much bigger. Um, the shrimps don't have any um, adaptive uh, immune system. So you, you can't use other um, alternatives to antibiotics, uh, such as vaccines, for example. Um, and also the um, liquid medium, uh, which is obviously the, the water where they live, um, also uh, gives more chance uh, to, for the phages to, to, to get to their target bacteria. Um, if you use some phages on a dry, uh, a dry surface, you have to, for example, spray them directly on, on top of the bacteria. If it's in, in liquid, then they have a chance if they miss the bacteria um, the first time to reach them a uh, second time. So, yeah, aquaculture and shrimp aquaculture was um, the ideal subject because it has more uh, chances to work. Um, and it's a field which has um, a, a desperate need for an alternative to antibiotics. Interesting. And you mentioned that you saw some, uh, you were not happy with the analytic results you got uh, from the se sequencing analysis. So what was specifically was the challenge that you hope you were hoping that you can get an understanding of, but you really couldn't from these services? Okay, so what I, what I needed is to, to know if my uh, phages were suitable um, for uh, therapeutic use, basically. Um, so what was uh, required is to, to annotate them, to annotate the, the genome to get the, the function of the genes. Um, and more specifically, we needed to know if they had antibiotic resistant genes, virulent genes, or if they were able to, to carry on a lysogenic cycle. Um, and it's very important to know if your phages have those uh, features before using them, because if you, when you're using them, especially in aquaculture, you're spreading them massively in the, in the environment, and you don't want to be spreading with the phages um, those, those genes. So you don't want to be spreading antibiotic resistance genes because we still need some antibiotics, and you don't want to be spreading virus genes uh, either. And uh, I had two uh, exchanges with the, with the service providers. Um, first one, uh, they sent me results where uh, basically nothing was annotated in, in the phage, so couldn't couldn't tell if they were um, usable or not. And so I asked them if they if they could do something more about it, and and they did. Um, but to to get those results, they only um, reduce the the threshold, the score threshold they use to annotate um, the the genes. So what you do to usually for um, to find the function of a gene is you compare its sequence to the sequence of a, uh, of a gene um, that you know and of a gene of known function function and if the the comparison score is above a certain threshold you consider uh, those two genes have the same function and in order to to get some match from uh, the new genes to the genes of the database they just reduce the threshold so basically basically the uh, results were meaningless Right. And so what was your solution? And I guess this is also the service you're providing now. Mm -mm. Um, so what kind of advantage and what are the uh, functionality that you can provide to address these challenges? Yeah, so the the problem, the, the company uh, that I asked um, to analyze my phages uh, run into, I think, was that they 
they, they use the standard uh, pipeline uh, to annotate the genomes of my, of my phage, and it's the same pipeline that they use for bacteria. Um, so this brings two sub-issues, I would say. First one is um, the phage genomes have a similar structure uh, to bacteria, but they're still a bit different. So you, you, you need to use uh, slightly different tools to, to, um, and slightly different methods um, to take those differences into account. Um, and also, uh, bacteria, bacterial genomes are much more studied than phage genomes. So in the databases that hold all the, uh, all the genes that are used uh, for annotation, there are much more bacterial genes entries than phage genes entries. So the answer to um, so uh, to, to your question, how you can improve uh, the, the results they, they they provide is to take the um, the, the phage uh, genome um, specificities into into account and to use much more databases um, to to compensate for the low um, density of, of those databases in in, in terms of phage genes. Yeah, so that's why what we do basically, and if we want to go a bit deeper, we can also add some manual annotation, um, which is usually not offered by service providers. The reason why I was going to ask is because, you know, this is uh, annotating the phage genome for phage therapy. Right now, I, I, it's starting to become a uh, standard pr uh, procedure in applying phage therapy to a patient. You have to have some kind of computational understanding of what, what all, the, all those genetic features we're talking about, antibiotic resistance, whether it's gonna spike some kind of virulence uh, inside the host. So my question is, do you, are you aware, so what's the current standard in the industry right now? What's being required by, by the regulators that you have to have a certain amount of understanding for what phage you're using? And I, got my, I guess my second question for you is, especially for high throughput analysis of phage, because uh, for example, right now, if we're trying to understand maybe two or three candidates, maybe that's that's doable. Maybe it, it's troublesome, but maybe it's doable by just individuals. But if I'm going to have maybe 10 or hundreds of candidates that I need to select, is that some kind of service that Ryan Bio Bioinformatics can provide? Okay, thank you for the, the two questions. I'm going to try to to remember both of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, first one about the regulatory requirements. Uh, for now, they are quite blurry. Um, uh, it depends uh, from country to country. For example, in Europe, there is no um, global framework, but some countries have started to, to build their frameworks. For example, in Belgium, um, they have this concept of magistral preparation um, and so basically you have, um, the, uh, I think only one hospital who is allowed to do it and it's the Queen Astrid military hospital, um, I think, um, and they, they've been working for, um, on phages for a very long time. They are phage experts and they, and they are able to, um, to carry the, the, to do the whole process from phage, um, isolation to the characterization. Um, and and they, uh, they are able to produce some phages uh, for small amount of patients. And basically um, what is required is to, to look at, uh, for those genes without any um, specific method required. So 
um, I think it's based on trust and on the fact that uh, those people are, are experts and, and, and they are um, uh, trustable. So that's, that's for Belgium. Um, I think in Europe, there are other uh, countries that have uh, also some, some kind of regulations that help um, the use of uh, fish therapy. For example, in France, you, you can have um, compassionate use of fish therapy. And I think that's the most common use uh, for medical uh, fish therapy throughout the world. And I believe uh, on those uh, occasions, the... Um, the phage are authorized uh, on a case-to-case -case basis. So they there doesn't seem that there is a, a general rule uh, for now, which is right. um, kind of a problem for, for the industry. And regarding your second question about uh, how, 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 what do you do if you have an, a, um, a large amount of phages that you need to, to, to study? Um, so what we offer for now uh, for in, in, in our services, um, we have this pipeline that um, for phage genome annotation that has um, manual steps and automatic steps. And for, uh, for phages that we consider that are um, nearly ready to be used uh, on, on, on patients uh, to be released on the market, we, we use the, the full pipeline um, with the automatic and the manual steps uh, for structural and functional uh, genome annotation. Um, but this takes a very long time. We have about uh, three days um, of computing um, on, a, on a compute cluster uh, for the functional annotation part and about a, a day and a half um, of manual annotation. So this uh, is not doable for all, uh, all the, the phages that are produced, um, but you can certainly um, uh, I mean, I mean, cut through your phage, um, um, your phage database, I would say, using uh, our uh, higher throughput version of a pipeline, which is only uh, automatic. Um, the only issue with this version uh, is it leaves part of the genome uncharacterized, so there's still uh, some risk in using phages that are only characterized with this uh, version. But still, it's usually better than what is published um, on uh, public genome databases. Right, so it already provides a higher understanding yeah. than the current standard. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the manual process that we're talking about? Uh, that seems like it's going to provide us with a lot more insight into uh, the genomic information. Mm -hmm. So there are um, two steps. Uh, first one is structural annotation, where you try to, to detect uh, the presence of genes. And the second one is functional annotation, where you you try to find the function of the genes you um, detected at the first step. So first, for the structural annotation, we, we, we need to take uh, the uh, phage genome peculiarities into account. So for example, um, phages have a much denser genome, so they have less space between their genes. Some genes can overlap other genes. Um, and they, they have um, other features, for example, um, it's very rare for um, um, inside of a phage genome to have um, uh, genes in opposite reading directions. 
they are, they are usually uh, keeping the same, uh, the same direction. And there are some tools that are dedicated um, to phase genomes for the structural notation, um, but they are nowadays they are not able to take all the peculiarities of phase genomes into account. So we need we still need a bit of manual annotation to to confirm that the the genes that were um, uh, detected by the softwares are real, that the boundaries are um, are also uh, correct, and and to see if they didn't miss uh, anything. So that's the the first step. For the second step. Um, so we first run the uh, automatic version uh, of our pipeline. We, we um, uh, query a lot of databases. Um, and, and then we try to, 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 to see if the results we got of, that, uh, of all the querying of the database are, are meaningful. Because sometimes you can find a match in, in a database that is not manually curated, and it could be obviously uh, impossible. So we can, we can then uh, try to see if the, the functional um, annotation we found is consistent with the neighboring um, annotation. We can also compare um, the genome of the phage we are working on, on uh, with the genomes of phage that have been already published uh, and that were um, correctly studied. Um, we can do some protein um, 3D uh, modelization as well. And you can basically spend a lifetime on every, uh, every phage if, uh, if we need to. So yeah, that's, that's, how we do, uh, that's how we do it. That's very interesting because I, you know, I, I do see the necessity you know, in understanding how each different phage. And then you know, like considering the, the great diversity of phage and based on the experience you have, work on before do you see the challenge in annotating different kind of bacteriophage or since you are going through a similar process uh there you you don't see that much variation from case to case yeah that, there's uh, really a lot of difference between uh, between the phages we 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 annotate um phages that infect uh, bacteria uh, that can cause human disease are much more studied and those bacteria as well are much more much more studied so there are much more uh, gene entries in the database so with um we for example we were able to uh, to annotate I think 80% of a, of a phage that was um, going to be used for uh, human phage therapy uh, with our high throughput pipeline. And with that, uh, with that same, so fully automatic pipeline, uh, which usually doesn't get the best results, um, we were only able to annotate uh, in, in general only 49% of vibriophages um, genes. So... Uh, and vibrio, vibrio can cause disease to, to human, but they are less uh, of a problem nowadays and the research is not focused mainly on them. And so it really depends on the, on the host of the phage uh, and the disease, the bacterial disease it, it could be used um, to treat um, basically. So some phages are really easy to study and others are really difficult to study. Um, and for example, with um, my former um, PhD supervisor, Michel Gauthier, we are working on, um, on a, a filamentous phage that, that infects uh, gram-positive bacteria. So those are really, really rare, and they are really difficult to, to annotate. Um, I think uh, there is only one of 
this kind of phase that has been sequenced um, and published uh, for now. So we don't have a lot to, to compare them to. And basically, we only have to rely on manual annotation um, to, to find the function of the gene. So it's really, really long. Right. So, so you do see this gap over there, um, basically a lack yeah, exactly. of understanding of phage uh, in general, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's my hard question for you. Uh, for, I guess, also for Ryan Barfinomata. So I guess uh, you're developing your company and you, you mentioned the challenges. It seems like you have a pretty established pipeline uh, you're trying to develop. So what do you see as some of the challenges that you think maybe, you know, do collaboration with others or um, maybe, you know, do the development in academia in some specific, more specific areas, maybe providing more computational tools for you, computational uh, resources for you that you see uh, as a community for phage therapy as a whole, we can develop faster? Mm -mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think um, it really depends on, uh, on, on the, the period, uh, the phase, the, the, the development phase uh, of the, the company. The first thing we, we need to, to build, and for this, we need the, uh, the experts, uh, the fish therapy experts that have been there for a much longer time than, than me and then the, the company, is to, to have a clear regulatory framework. As you mentioned um, earlier, um, it's really important to, to know the requirements um, uh, to, to use a phage. Uh, so if we have this, we'll be able to tailor our analysis, our analysis to specifically uh, answer the, the, the questions of the regulatory um, organisms. And then um, uh, we, it will be super interesting to improve our pipelines, to, to enrich databases, and, and maybe to develop new custom tools. Um, yeah, I think uh, that, that will be the, the best thing we could do with the uh, community. So for now, um, how we interact with the, the community is um, either being part of, uh, of projects or we work as some service providers and for very small projects, we're also able to, to help for free um, some, some labs. Um, so this is good for everyone. They, they have their analysis and this allows us to be a bit more known, which is uh, a big challenge as well for a, a startup company. Yeah, definitely. Especially for, I, I think, um, you know, on the computational side of, of a company like yours, I think it's definitely important to get more involved uh, with the community. I'm wondering, like, what other potential aspect do you see that we can bring computational resources like you know we have all kinds of advanced more especially these days more advanced computational tools uh accessible to us what do you see we can bring those and uh go beyond only you know the annotation of phage you know maybe as a possible do you see uh we can we can use them for phage exploration or uh maybe some other applications mm -hmm. um I think uh, what could be really, really useful, and I know several um, companies are working on, on such projects and also research, uh, academic research labs, um, would be to be able to predict all, to predict phage, bacterial phage interaction only by sequencing. Um, 
what is super interesting uh, with such uh, a tool is that it would allow you to have a very quick response um, to a disease uh, that that uh, is ah, sorry to a bacteria that is infecting um, a person or uh, or a farm, for example. Um, because right now, if you want, if you are in an emergency, you let's hope that you already have the phage that is well characterized um, in in your phage bank, um, and and that you know that how you can use it, uh, and and that you have already produced it um, enough. If you if you can just sequence the bacteria and, and a new bacteria, a new pathogenic bacteria, and and get to know which phage or better which phage cocktail you can use to target that bacteria um, efficiently, uh, then you would only the only time that you would have to um, to lose is maybe phage production, um, but all the characterization and especially the long in vivo uh, and in vitro um, steps of the characterization would be completely uh, removed, um, yeah, would be the only one, sorry, <laughs> would be the only one that you, you have to do. And also, I think uh, a very nice uh, objective that, that bioinformaticians um, could have, and that's one we have at RAIN Bioinformatics, is to make it easier for a researcher to, uh, to make bioinformatics analysis, because right now there are um, Several um, there are several tools there are several um, endeavors that have been made such as Galaxy Patrick Rast and, and all the other tools that are um, available with the human uh, with the GUI I mean uh, online with the graphic user interface so those can be uh, can be used rather easily um, by anyone but there are um, typically older tools that are not uh, adapted to to very specific subjects. Uh, very specific topics such as uh, phage therapy. Um, and if you want to have the best performance, usually you have to use the latest tools. Um, and those tools are usually only accessible to informaticians. Um, and this is uh, a huge barrier that prevents most of the biologists to, um, to get access to good bioinformatics uh, analysis. So that's something that would be, I think, much easier than uh, being able to predict uh, which phage is suitable to, to kill which bacteria. Um, but that would be really um, a good push forward for all the community, the phage, uh, the phage therapy community. That's really great insight. And, you know, I really appreciate you can help us to shed some light uh, how uh, the bioinformatics aspect of phage therapy here with us today. So with that, thank you so much for joining us today. And we would love to hear you back on the, the future latest development on RAM bioinformatics. Yeah, th thank you, Stephen. Uh, it was a pleasure. It will be a pleasure uh, next, time, uh, next time as well. Thank you very much. Great. Yeah. That's Dr. Anton Kulo, founder and CEO at RAM Bioinformatics. I'm Stephen Young. And this is the Phage Therapy Today podcast. Thanks a lot for listening, and we would love to get your feedbacks or your stories. Share them with us at phagetherapytoday at gmail.com. In the end, enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs>